of God's will. And if you've been a part, I started it last week, and I want to continue it today. And if you've been a part of that, uh, then you'll understand uh, the importance of God's will already. Uh, Today, I want to talk to you about built to last, that God's will, uh, if we operate in the will of God, it is built to last. It's it's there to uh, help you to to, uh, sustain throughout life. And uh, honestly, uh, what we've done in this series is we, we've taken a scripture out of Psalm, Psalm 40, and we've, been, we, we've laid that as our foundational scripture that I want to I share with you this morning. And so Psalm chapter 40 says this, I take joy in doing your will, my God, for your instructions are written on my heart. Now notice here that we can take joy in doing the will of God. And, uh, and so what I thought about is as I was getting ready for this, this series, I think, I think many times we go through, we go through life and, and we think that life's going to be good. Uh, last night I received a, a phone call, and, and many of you uh, know about this because I, I, I reached out to our leaders and, and just said pray for uh, someone. And uh, it was a uh, Gina. She... Uh, oversees our greeters and she texted and said pray for my dad he he collapsed and uh and uh he uh they had to do CPR and and so uh and he's he's been here a matter of fact he was here a couple of weeks ago big tall man and um and so anyway he didn't make it and uh and and life happens you know there's just things happen and uh, and honestly, I'm I'm kind of raw right now just because of that and a number of different things that I've, uh, you know, just deal with in in people's life, helping people, just the the, the aches and pains that uh, people go through. And so one of one of the things that I just want to share with you guys is that uh, when you go through life, even though there's storms that take place, uh, you can you can still last. You can still make it. Uh, good things can still happen in and through your life, even though some of the worst things can be happening in your life. Uh, I like to say it this way. You can have the worst day of your life and the best day at the same time, in the same day, when you're writing God's will. Uh, and staying in God's will is going to be a challenge because it's going to be opposed all the way throughout your life. You have a, a, a devil that hate. I mean, if you're in God's will, you're going to be making a kingdom impact. Yes. Uh, and, and he hates that. He hates you. He hates us. He's out to kill, steal, and destroy. He will try to cause uh, friction in your, in your life, kind, uh, all kinds of stuff. And so what I want to do is I want to take you to Matthew chapter 7. And we're going to look at Matthew chapter 7, and we're going to start there. It says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. Now, notice he, Jesus said, he listens to my sayings and, and he, he does them. He builds his house on a rock. In other words, when we build our life upon the word of God, what God's saying, it's solid. It's on a rock. And the Bible says, and the rain descends and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house, and get this, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Now notice, notice here that storms come. But just because storms come doesn't mean that, that you have to fall with the storm. 
that you can still last through the storm. You can still last. You can still, uh, you can still continue on strong as ever in the middle of the storm. But it goes on to say, for whoever hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, In other words, when we're not doing God's word, we're not doing God's will. It says this, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Now, the house can look similar. The house can look alike. A matter of fact, there's many lives that you look at, you'll look at, You'll look at one person's life versus another, and they look very similar. And from the outside, you might not be able to tell any difference for the most part. But whenever the, whenever the uh, storm hits, that's when you know if their house is built on the will of God or not. It's because you'll, you'll see that it's still lasting even after the storm. And so today what I want to do is I want to talk about building our life on the rock where our life stands, where we continue to, we continue to uh, press on and have God's best. But I do want to make this statement. I want to make this statement, and that's this, is that life is, life is a journey and it's messy. And what, why is it's messy is that storms hit us all. It hits you, it hits me, it hits us all. Storms are going to hit. And so it becomes messy. Life is messy. But you determine how messy it gets. If we build our house on the, on the, on the will of God, then we minimize the messiness in our life. When we get outside of the will of God, then we maximize the mess, messiness in our life. Does that make sense? And so I want us to minimize, I want us to minimize God's uh, I, I want us to minimize the messiness and maximize God's will for our life. And so I, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about our values. There's, some, there's different values that we have embraced as a church, embraced as a team, embraced as leadership, embraced personally. And actually, we have like four sets of values. And, 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 and I got to thinking about our team values, that there's really some team values that I asked our team to embrace and live out where it becomes a part of the culture. And, and the first value is this, that I see that if we were, are going to live out God's will for our life, and if we're going to have a life that is built to last, then we've got to have humility. We've got to build our life on humility. Are you with me? Yes, humility is, is essential in our life. We've got to be humble. And uh, Proverbs 11.2 says this, Pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. And, and let me tell you something about pride. Pride is something that every one of us struggle with. No one is exempt. In the flesh, we struggle with pride. Every one of us have a problem with pride that we have to deal with on a daily basis, on a regular basis. And, and, and what happens when pride enter in, enters in, wisdom is rejected or resisted. And so we have to listen to pride. We, I mean, excuse me, <laughs> humility. We have to be humble in order to get wisdom in our life. And we struggle with that. I'm telling you, in the flesh, we, we, struggle, with, we struggle with humility. 
Because the flesh wants its way. The flesh wants to do what it wants to do. The flesh doesn't want to be told what to do. The flesh doesn't, I mean, it struggles with it. And that's the same way with all of us. It's a struggle. Every one of us struggle with that. Uh, Several years back, I wasn't a Christian very long. And uh, I I was asked uh, in our small group, and we were uh, a much, much larger church than, than we are at this point, and I was asked to lead our leaders. Uh, and what we did is we, uh, back then, we just had one lesson that was taught throughout all of our small groups. And so they asked me to, to come up with the lesson and, uh, and lead that lesson and teach it to our leaders so that our leaders can take it and teach it to all the different small groups. And I think we had uh, 30 small groups or something like that, 30, 40 small groups. And so we had about 30, 40 leaders uh, in that small group, if I remember right. It's been a few years. I was a Christian for, I, I hadn't been a Christian very, uh, very long. I had a lot of zeal, a lot of pa- passion as I do today. I just, I, I just love God with all my heart. But I had very little knowledge. I was just growing in my, I was just growing in my relationship in the, in the Lord. And, and so I, I had heard something that somebody preached and it just stirred me and I loved it. And I don't know if I misheard this guy or what, but I took some of his thoughts, put it on paper and, and, you know, and it's like, man, I'm going to teach this. And, and I remember taking it to the small group, uh, leaders and, and I taught it with all my heart and right there in front of everybody, the elders, said, Marvin, you're wrong. And it's like, what do you mean I'm wrong? The scripture says thus and thus and thus. And I, and, and I, I was just like, whoa. Now, I, could, I had two choices right there. I had a choice to be humble and admit that I was wrong, or I had a choice to be prideful in, and resist uh, the wisdom that was being offered to me. Well, now, I chose humility. Now, it was pretty humbling in itself, being corrected in front of them all, but they had to correct me because it, was, it wasn't heresy, but it was wrong doctrine. And so it, it just had to be corrected. And so I said, I am so sorry. You know, and I just, I just got it corrected and, and moved forward. Now, here's, here's what came out of all that. And the reason I bring this up, where, humil- where humility is, there's wisdom. We just read that. Wisdom comes to the humble. From that point on, I determined that I would get in and I would rightly divide the word of truth and that I would have ears to hear, that I would open my heart and I would be willing to hear anything and everything that God has to say. And from that point on to this, where I am today, I became a student of God's word, that I'm going to grow every day of my life. Not because I didn't want to be humiliated like that, although I don't want to be. But it is a good motivator. But I never, ever want to misrepresent God. I always want to be humble. I always want to have my heart right. And I learned this over the years. And I struggle with this every week. Every week. I learned this over the years. When you're going through the storms of life, you have the potential of your heart getting hard. And the harder your heart gets, the more prideful you get. Because you, come, you become more insensitive to God and you become more sensitive to, to your pride or the things that your flesh doesn't like and, than you do to God. And I've determined, God, as much as it hurts my heart, I'm going to be humble. 
And, and, and in this humility, that means I'm going to put God first in every area of my life. And today, if we're going to learn from God, you're going to have to open your heart and you're going to have to let God correct you in your life so that you can stay on course in the, in the will of God. And that's when the storms hit, you're going to last because you, you're, you're humble. And, and too many times we allow circumstances and situations keep us from what God has for us. So you need to build on humility. The Bible says in Proverbs 11.2, it says pride leads to disgrace. Again, I just want to say, but with humility comes wisdom. It comes wisdom. So uh, Proverbs 10.17 says this. I like this. It says, he who heeds instruction and correction is not only himself in the way of life, but also is in the way of life, wisdom, and blessing for others. So he passes on that wisdom and blessing to others. It says, and he who neglects or refuses correction, not only himself goes astray, but also causes error in the path toward ruin for others. So our pride will not only ruin us, but it will ruin other people around us. Guys, it's a struggle that every one of us face. Pride is a deadly thing. When you bow up, you, you've, got to, you've got to rein it back in. You've got to rein it back in. You, you bow up, you've got to rein it back in. As a leader, one of the things that I have to do in humility is I've got to lead. In leading, I know that I've got to do it because I honor him and I please him. That means I've got to bring a message like this, sometimes that I know that's not comfortable for those that are listening to it. I have to address pride. But I need to do this not because I want to be liked. I need to do this because it's the thing that you need, and I need to do it because it honors God. You understand? It takes humility. By the way, every day, one of the things that I do every day is I come before God and I pray. I pray for you guys. I pray for our church. I pray for us all. Why? Because I have a need for humility in my life. I recognize that I cannot do this on my own, that I need God's help to, to bring it to pass. So humility is, is the first area in our life if we're going to have it. And let me tell you, moms, parents, all of us, we need to be humble in parenting. We need to be open. We need to be uh, uh, teachable. We need to make, make sure that we're not arrogant. Think that we have it all, in, in, that we know it all. Listen, we don't know it all. We're growing. Every day we're growing. When we think we've reached that point of knowing it all, then God opens up and he unfolds something else to us and we just realize how much we don't know. Isn't that right? And so stay humble. Secondly, not only are we needing humility in our life, but we also need to have a hunger in our life. A hunger. And I I got to thinking about I got to thinking about the importance of hunger, why it is that we need hunger in our life. And, uh, and hunger is so important because when, you, when you're hungry, that's when God's able to fill you. When you're not, then you're, you're, you're already satisfied with what you have. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. How many of you, I mean, if, when, you're, when you're satisfied, you're full, you're just, I mean, you're not hungry, you don't want any more to eat. I mean, you might eat, 
but most likely because you're already satisfied, you're not going to go after more. And, and, and let me tell you something about this scripture. It says, blessed are those who hunger. It's our choice. It can be developed in all of us to hunger for what God has for us. We need to create a hunger in ourselves for God's will. We have to create that. It's not going to happen automatically. Matter of fact, in the flesh, we're going to oppose God according to scripture. In the flesh, when we're living, see, we're a three-part being. We're spirit. The real us is, is, is inside of us. This, we're a spirit. We have a soul, which is our mind, will, and our emotions. And we live in a body. This shell right here, this shell, this, what the Bible calls the flesh, is the very thing that opposes God. It has these, it has these desires that are ungodly. Like, for instance, you may have a desire right now to just uh, be unforgiving towards somebody, or you may have a desire to uh, hurt somebody, or you may have a desire to be just hateful towards somebody, or, or whatever. That's the flesh. That's not the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness. And, and it goes on, self, uh, not selfishness, uh, self-control, thank you. <laughs> selfishness, that's the flesh. And so, so, you know, the flesh wants to oppose God. And so we've got to hunger for what God wants for us. It's not something that happens automatically. Why are so many people building their house on, a, on the sand that's going to crumble under every storm that hits their life? And guess what happens? Whenever that, that, their life gets messy and it, it gets messier because it's not built on the rock, guess what they do? They spend all their time rebuilding their marriage, rebuilding their finances, rebuilding their, you know, their relationships, rebuilding this, rebuilding that, because it's all tore apart. But when it's built on the rock, guess what happens? After the storm passes, it's still standing. You just continue to build. You just continue uh, moving forward in God, moving forward in God's will, God's plans, God's purpose. Amen? And so you've got, you've, got to, you've got to hunger for this. One of the things that you've got to do in order to hunger for God's will is that you've got to put God's will as a priority in your life where you're hungering for His will more than you are anything else. I live a disciplined life. I live a, a fasting life. Uh, I, I eat certain foods. I eat this way because I want God's will more than I want anything else. I desire God. I desire what He wants. I desire His purpose. I desire the influence that He wants me to have through, through my leadership and through our team and through our church. I desire that more than I do food. And so I know if I'm, I'm always in, indulging myself in food, my flesh is, I'm giving into my flesh. And the more that I give into my flesh, the more that it rules. And the more that it rules, the less that God rules in my life. And so I discipline myself. I discipline myself to, to, to do certain things. I jog every day. Every day of my life I jog. Every day I get up and I seek God. Why? Because I hunger for God. I hunger for His presence. I hunger to hear from Him. I want what He wants. And His desires is the desires that I want to be my desires, not my desires. As a matter of fact, my desires over the years have changed. There used to be things that I wanted, that I wanted for my life. Now I, all I want is what he wants. And yeah, occasionally there's some things in the flesh that might rise up and I'd say, no, let's don't do that. 
Let's don't do that. Let's go after God. God, speak to us today, Lord. Speak to us to hunger for the right things. Father, deal with our hearts. Cause us to be who you want us to be. Help us to reject the things that are leading us to nowhere. Help us to be humble and and to be hungry for you. I pray, Father, by your precious Holy Spirit that you move on our hearts in a mighty, mighty, powerful way today. In the name of Jesus. The Amplified out of Matthew chapter 5, verse 6 says this. It says, blessed, joyful, nourished by God's goodness are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. I like that. And it goes on to say, those who actively seek right standing with God, they will be completely satisfied. Honestly, there's not anything else that satisfies us like the will of God. I don't know where you're at today, but my heart's cry. My passion, my everything that moves me and motivates me every day is not only that I would know him and walk with him and to live out my life serving him, but I desire that for every one of you and every one that I have influence in, every life. And that's why we're here today as a church. Not for my pleasure or not for what I can get out of it or, or anything like that. Because we truly want God's will for everyone's life. Let me give you one last thought, and I'll close with this. And that's this. We need to build with smarts. We just need to be come and come to a point in our life that we have smarts. There's people that, there's a lot of people with, with uh, I, I like the way that John Maxwell said it. He says, people are, they're far more educated uh, beyond their obedience. They, that's just not smart. You can have a lot of biblical wisdom, or excuse me, knowledge, but have no wisdom. You can know what the Bible says, but if you're not applying it, that's not very smart. There's no people smarts there. I remember when I first got married. I, 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 and when I first got married to my wife, uh, really, honestly, that was the first... Christian marriage. I've been married before for you that know my story, and I'm not going to go back into that. But, uh, but I got born again, and then uh, my wife that I was married to at that point, she, she, didn't, she didn't want to go that life, and she, uh, she left me, and we divorced. And, and anyway, I, I eventually married my lovely wife that I love so dearly, and I'm so proud of, and, and excited, and chase every day. And uh, and I, 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 this is true. And I, I love, I love my wife. And uh, I, and so I, it was six years in between, six years in between uh, one marriage and getting married to my wife, the first marriage and getting married to my wife. And uh, whenever uh, I married my wife, I thought, man, this marriage is going to be awesome, like awesome. Like, it's going to be awesome because I had all this biblical knowledge of, of, what, uh, uh, of what a marriage should look like and what it takes to make it happen. And, and if you'll do this, this will happen. And, uh, and all, uh, you know, I had this whole image, this whole, this whole picture of how a marriage is going to be. And then I got married. 
And I like to say it this way. Whenever you say I do, you don't know what you say I do to until you start living it out. And the first uh, year or two was very, very difficult for us. And, and the reason is, is I had a lot of biblical knowledge, but not a lot of smarts. I wasn't very smart. And smarts is how to apply that biblical knowledge. Proverbs 24, 3 out of the Amplified says it this way. Through skillful and godly wisdom is a house, a life, a home, a family is built. It's through skillful knowledge. It's, it's through skillful knowledge. And it says by understanding it is established on sound and a good foundation. Again, we're talking about building a life that lasts. So how do we do that? How do we get smart? How do we, how do we uh, come to a point where, where we're not being foolish? Well, we obviously, we need, to embrace the, we need to embrace God's word. The Bible tells us that, uh, that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge in Hosea 4.6. And so when we don't have the knowledge, yes, we need to have knowledge. When we don't have the knowledge how to be smart, then we're not smart. Well, we already read what it takes. First of all, it takes knowing it, then it takes applying it. Remember, we read in Matthew's gospel that whenever we know the word and we do it, we're building our house upon a rock. But when we don't, guess what? We're like a foolish person. In other words, a, 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 very, a not very smart person. So we're dumb in a sense when we know what God says and don't do it in our life, because eventually what's going to happen, the storm's going to hit us all. It's not a matter of who it's going to hit. It's, it's a matter of when it's going to hit. It's, it's, it's going to hit us all. So what we need to do is we need to be doers of God's word in order to have God's best in our life in order for us to be able to continue to stand whenever anything and everything else falls apart. A matter of fact, uh, one of the scriptures that, that uh, the Bible says, the Bible says to live with your wife in an understanding way. Why? So that your prayers are not hindered. Yeah. It says that you've got you've to have smarts in your life. Okay, so let me bring this full circle around. We've got to be humble. We've got to be hungry. It starts with humility. Because when pride comes in, we resist wisdom. Because sometimes, sometimes it's un- uncomfortable to our flesh. Not sometimes, most of the time. It's uncomfortable to our flesh. And, and, and by the way, you need to surround yourself with people of wisdom. Bible says, he who walks with the wise will be wise. Bobby, come on up here, please, sir. That's why I have people like Bobby around me. Especially like Bobby around me. I know that there's others in my life, but I, I need the wisdom that flows out. And I bring Bobby up here because one of the things that you'll see if you hang around Bob is that he's always, 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 always uh, responding and communicating through the Word of God. 
And so it's not, I'm not saying always, I'm, I'm sure from time to time your opinion comes in. Uh, but, but the majority of the time, he's, he's saying, well, the word says this, the word says that, the word says this, the word says that. My wife and I have talked about this. Bobby has a love for the word of God. And I believe I'm wise because of wise guys like him. He, he who walks with the wise will be wise. Get this. But a, camp, a companion of fools will be, will be destroyed. So who's a fool or foolish? Those that know the word. So they may go to church. They may be serving in ministry. may be in, in many ways, you know, good Christians. But if they're not taking what they hear and are applying it, then it's foolish. Not very smart. I want to have smart people around me. You're only as good as the people that you surround yourself with. If you, it, it, I, I will say this. I will say this. If your life tends to always crumble under any storm that you go through, check up on your relationships. Because your relationships will determine whether you're walking in smarts or with, whether you're walking in foolishness. Because we're all influenced and we're all influencers. Every one of us are going to influence people, and every one of us are going to be influenced by people. That's just a fact. And so let's make sure that we surround ourselves with good people. Amen? Let's pray.